it's like it's like saying you're from Rhode Island. Like nobody fucking gives a shit about Connecticut down here in Tennessee. Okay, Delaware. Okay, big whoop. Good morning. Good afternoon. It's football and other F words. We are happy to see you or listen to you or well, you're going to listen to us, whatever. We're brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com. Come check us out. You can come check the three of us out. Zach writes things. Mike writes things. I don't write anything. I just talk. Not true. You're writing about uh, the New York Jets. Oh, that's uh, right. This week. That's right. I'm, I'm going to write a little piece uh, about the New York Jets this week because um, Adam Gase continues to suck. We might actually hit on that later on in the podcast. Um, but we've got more important things to talk about. Mainly, your and our Tennessee Titans are eight and three, number one in the AFC South after beating the absolute dog shit out of the Colts, which feels so good to say. 45 26. Derrick Henry is an absolute grown beast. I don't know what else to say. I want to tell people I love them. I'm so excited about this. Mike, Zach, good morning. Good morning. And if I could get serious for a moment before I start, there's a lot going on in the world, a lot of opinions and hate about the current events surrounding our society. And with the holidays around the corner, things will be even more tense at the dinner table than ever before. You're going to want to cut your Uncle Craig off at some point because he's probably going to get too drunk and start talking politics. But before you cut him out of your life and social media, too, the really the only thing you need to be cutting this holiday season is your pubes. <laughs> Support for football and other F-words is about, brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Things don't have to be tense when giving yourself a low and tight because Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and the awesome waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features in that is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. If you're still with me, and I hope you are, and you haven't turned off this podcast, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BroadwayTN at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BROADWAYTN. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-Y-T-N at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. I still can't look at him. Mike, Mike, can't Mike can't even look at the camera while this whole thing happens. I look he, at my he, second screen the whole he, time. He does. He's yeah, looking he completely at his ignored me this time. He's looking at his second screen like it's printing money for him. <laughs> <laughs> um what are we doing what are we talking about zach threw me off i'm sorry i forgot zach had an ad read i just went right into it so good morning again good morning the titans beat the colts the titans beat the colts the titans didn't just beat the quite colts. handily the titans it was over at halftime like i was able to get out my phone and text like a child it was great i mean it was it an was, evisceration i, I yeah. mean they gutted them. I mean, gutted them and took their took their bowels out and stomped on them at at midfield like uh, everyone gets so mad at them about now for no reason. Well, let me say this. I know that on the podcast I said that the Titans would lose 35 to 14. And then on the radio show, which you can hear on Fox Sports Shoals, 
I changed my mind because Brett Kern was coming back, Christian Fulton. We got the injury news. I changed my mind and flipped it. And I said that we would snatch souls from buttholes, and that's exactly what we did. <laughs> we snatched the souls out of the Colts' buttholes, turned them into glue. We did everything that you need to do to murder a horse. We did to the Colts. Murder a horse? <laughs> like, do you have to plan it's just a baby horse. Horses are cunning. Baby <laughs> horses Baby horses are light work for Derrick Henry, let's be honest. I mean, uh, you're going to need to bring a full-grown horse to the battle, uh, not yeah. a little colt. Well, he showed up as a full-grown-ass horse, scored three touchdowns in the first half, and honestly, he should have had a fourth. Do you think he was a little, little tense with Tannehill for not giving him that ball? 100%. You know he was. You know he wanted that touchdown because that's the kind of competitor he is. He wants the touchdown. He wants the yards. He wants it all. And yeah. literally, who and, wants and, it all? AJ Brown. Not to get this onside kick was just amazing. I can't get over it. The the onside kick was fun because it was like you know even the broadcasters were talking about it a little bit like oh you know the Colts came back and got these two like garbage time touchdowns and it doesn't feel like quite the blowout that it it really was and everything and then AJ Brown just snatches that that onside kick and takes it to the house and it's like all right now everything feels better again. Uh, and like, frankly, look, 45 to 26 looks a lot better on the page yes. than, uh, what was it? Uh, 38 to 26. That looks like it might've been a football game at one point. It wasn't, or at least not past the third drive of the game. Uh, yeah, it, it, that touchdown was very, very cleansing, uh, to the end of the game. I felt like it really kind of reset the, uh, the narrative to where it needed to be. It really was because yeah. EBS was going on a soliloquy at that point, like you said, Mike, and I kind of agreed with him about it feels like a little bit of a dirtier win with the Colts getting that late bullshit touchdown. Um, And as he's saying it, they line up for an onside kick and A.J. Brown snags it and runs it in the end zone. I was beside myself laughing. I was laughing at that like it was a comedy, like it was a Chappelle show because it was too fitting that they were going all in on it really kind of sucks on paper to let them score that touchdown. And then he makes a 45, 26. That made me feel so much better. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. So I got up. I was like, Oh, here comes Don sidekick. Oh, we're just going to catch it. Kneel it. So I was like, I'm going to go do some stuff. And, uh, I'm sitting there. I'm like, uh, on the computer, I was going to, you know, uh, I was looking at some cyber pre cyber Monday deals. Like it was over, right? The game was over. The Titans were going to win. And then I hear, uh, you know, the big cheers or the big score on whatever they're filtering in for crowd noise. And I look up and I'm like, what the hell happened? And because I wasn't even paying attention, just listening to it either. And I look up and I see that the replay of AJ Brown scoring. And I'm like, on the onside kick, did that just happen? <laughs> like it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. So let's, let's go back to Derrick Henry for a second. Thick and man-made. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Derrick Henry thick and man-made. You will not be upset. Some copy pasta out there. How do you spell thick? Is it the C, the three C's or just nope. a regular it's thick? No, spelled normally with, okay. with the CK. So, so spell it correctly, children. Derrick Henry thick and man-made. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I refuse to read the rest of it on air because it's very disturbing. But um, anyways, the man rips off three TDs in the first half absolutely ran all over the Colts. And what I want to tie this into is give Mike a little bit of moment to shine. That offensive line 
balled the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, not only did they provide Henry some ridiculous ass gaps, they gave Tannehill all day in the pocket most of the day, which was great to see. Yeah, he the offensive line, this was their best performance of the year, and it's really startling to see them do it with Roger Saffold coming back from an injury. Ben Jones had been dealing with an injury. Uh, Dennis Kelly's been dealing with an injury. And then, of course, you're getting David Questenberry, his very first start uh, in the NFL at left tackle and seeing him go against some pretty pretty decent edge rushers, guys like, uh, you know, Justin Houston, Kamoka Ture, that, that kind of stuff. I mean, the Colts certainly were missing parts up front, like DeForest Buckner, Danico Autry, huge losses, obviously. We talked about that. But that doesn't change the fact that this group went out and just bodied everybody in the Colts front seven. It was everybody, too. It's Darius Leonard was was eating blocks from guards. Uh, you know, the, these guys, uh, Grover Stewart, who everyone thinks is kind of a, a ascending player for them. He was a non-factor. I mean, he was getting blown off the ball. It was a straight-up pornographic performance by this offensive line. And I'd, I – cannot wait i'm gonna watch it actually again after this i'm just gonna watch it on all 22 and just watch the line of scrimmage go from where the ball snapped to five yards downfield immediately on every play because it was gorgeous i mean henry wasn't almost never touched until he was about three yards downfield in this game and then of course he does his crazy shit and that's how you end up with a game where you've got you know, 100, 200 something yards rushing and, and you're averaging like eight yards a carry. Uh, that that combination, it, it was gorgeous. Nate Davis should go to the Pro Bowl. Roger Saffold was throwing people out of the club at the second level. Uh, you know, you've got Ben Jones cutting people down and doing his wily shit in the middle like usual. And then David Cosenberry stepping in and, hey, we've seen him for a game in an, uh, like a quarter now. Not bad, not bad. He's he's holding his own. I mean, he's not like he's not Taylor Lewan, obviously, but he's playing pretty good, and he looks like a guy that belongs on an NFL football field. Credit to him for being ready. Credit to the coaching staff for getting him ready and having him available and on standby. Because I mean, a, a lot of people I think probably would have been critical before the season of the Titans keeping a thirty-year-old. Uh, tackle who had never played an NFL game before on the roster. It's like, what are you doing? You know, why don't you get a young guy that you can develop for that spot? Well, this is why, right? Like, this is why they they knew that this guy could play a little bit. They wanted to give him a shot. They knew he would be ready if he was forced into action. And here he is. He's ready. He's playing. He's he's doing well. And credit to Roger Staffold because I think he's been kind of mentoring whoever's with him on the left side on that left tackle position, regardless of whether it's Taylor Lewan or anybody, but. He's he stepped up. He's totally changed from the social media worried, you know, guy from last year to really one of the best players on this team and one of what seems to be a respected leader on, on this team and looking to be like a really good free agent free agency signing one of the best. Maybe, you know, we talk about Delaney Walker being a big one. This may be the big one in my opinion and then on top of that let's let's talk about the depth of this offensive line and here we didn't really know when taylor one goes down i mean everybody's general reaction is it's over then ty sombrello steps in and then when ty sombrello 
you know, uh, he steps in and then he gets injured and then everybody's like, oh, it's over. And then here comes uh, David Questenberry, and that's all anybody talked about in the national media yesterday was Questenberry. I mean, not only did Good Morning Football talk about him, but Jason Fitz, uh, the the pregame tailgate on ESPN, Jason Fitz, Diana Rossini, and Phil Yates all talked about him. Everybody talked about David Questenberry because he did phenomenal. Credit to the coach. We gave this coach crap. Everybody did gave him crap, Keith Carter, and he has done a phenomenal job and he will probably be some team's offensive coordinator sooner rather than later. I would assume, I think someone's going to reach over here and try to snag him because he's done a tremendous job with this offensive line. So I think everybody owes him an apology for sure. But this, this step, what we thought was one of the weakest parts of this Titans team depth wise is probably the best. And I wish that John Robinson could do this with the edge position group. Like he's done with the offensive line position group. I mean, just, it's just awesome all the way around and could not be happier with this team. I let me circle back on your Saffold point real quick. Uh, sorry, Lebowski. The, uh, the yesterday you talked about him being a leader yesterday, Vrabel mentioned him, you know, stepping up, you know, telling guys to put their masks on after the game while everyone was, you know, obviously fired up and celebrating because they see what's happening around the league. You know, people get pictures with their masks off. If someone tests positive, that's close contact. And all of a sudden y'all are all out. If, if there's pictures or evidence that, that you were, you know, close to each other without masks on that kind of thing. So He's doing that. But then also during the offseason, I know Roger Saffold talked up Nate Davis and, and to the media. I, I remember one of the first uh, uh, press conferences of the uh, offseason they had Saffold on and he talked about how excited he was to see Nate Davis and his development and all the work that Nate Davis had been putting in. And it sounded to me like Saffold had kind of worked specifically with Nate Davis during the offseason, kind of helping helping each other, push each other in workouts and stuff like that, because all of that stuff was obviously done remote uh, this offseason more so than ever. And I think Saffold should get credit for taking on some of that leadership burden. I mean, the, the Titans have some leaders on the offensive line. Obviously, Ben Jones is kind of the guy in that room, I think. But Saffold is a, is a veteran. He's he's actually the most experienced guy in that that group, and I think he's kind of stepped up as a leader on this team. His play obviously gives him a platform to lead from. He he's been outstanding uh, ever since you know the first six games or so. He, he struggled obviously when he was here, but he's been one of the best guards in football. Um, and you could make an argument. I think that the Titans have the best guard duo in the entire NFL right now. I agree. I don't think I can't think of a guard duo that's playing better than them. Maybe the ones in Tampa Bay or Kansas City, but I would say that it's definitely got to be these two guys. I mean, with David stepping up, you're you're left with no question games. Oh boy, I'm so sorry. Uh, that was fucking awful. I just <laughs> I wanted to work it in there. I wanted to work it in there. It's such crap. I'm He's so been sitting okay. on that one. I did. I've been sitting on that one. That's actually what you interrupted me to say. So I'm really glad you got your piece in because that's it. That's all I was coming back with. No, no actual stats. Just wanted to work in a question game. I said it again. So um, Tannehill catching 
Corey Davis in stride to me goes down as one of the sexier moments of this game. I know obviously Derrick Henry having three TDs was nice. There was a lot about this game you could pick at for me. It was the way he caught um, AJ Brown in stride with that pass. Tannehill had a great kind of quiet game. And that's what I continue to love about this man. Again, I'm not trying to make this a, a pile on a Mariota thing. I'm not, but this team for so long dealt with such ineffective, inefficient and stop and start quarterback play. It's refreshing to see a quarterback that even if he has an off week, a bad week, a bad quarter, whatever he steps up, not true for him. This game, he was solid all the way through great effort. Yeah. And yeah, I, I like the way ten hope good. Well, I mean, you just, you can't really just say enough about him because he's not, being asked to do a lot. And I think that's kind of disappointing to some people. So his mistakes, because he's not asked to do a lot, tend to get a little bit overblown. Right. Uh, But I mean, he's just having a good year and, you know, I know that maybe it's not the year that everybody's wanting on a consistent basis, but it's a year that's good enough to, to win a Super Bowl. And that's what the ultimate goal is, is to have a quarterback thing, then get you to the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl. And that's what we got. Yeah, I mean, at some point, I think people have to to step back and recognize that you're not going to get 178 yards from your running back and 350 yards from your quarterback every week. Like, that's just not going to happen every week. You know, you probably are going to get, with this offense, the way that they're playing right now, which is at a really high level again, you're going to get one of the two probably. But if it's going to be a quiet Derrick Henry game, you need Tannehill to step up, and he's capable of doing that. But as long as Derrick Henry's rolling, I think we know that this offense and this coaching staff would prefer to let Derrick Henry roll down the field, let let Tannehill hit those play action passes and chunk chunk plays mixed in, but Henry kind of be the focal point of the offense. I think that's everyone knows that that is what they would really prefer uh, the offense to look like. And as long as it's looking like that and it's still functioning at a high level and he's not turning the ball over then great. They're in great shape. I mean, Tannehill, we've talked about it a little bit before. He's done a great job of getting his sacks down this year. I think he's, uh, you know, on pace for his lowest sack total of his entire career by far. Um, and the guy's thrown, you know, 23 touchdown passes against four interceptions. You, you're going to take that all day, every day. His yards per attempt are pretty good, 7.8. That would be the second highest in his career behind last year's, obviously, blistering uh, 9.6 performance. So, yeah, the numbers are down a little bit. I think everyone expected the numbers to regress, but his play, I don't think, is necessarily regressed. He's still playing at a very high level. And one of the metrics that I know, um, you know, Chris Sims always talks about looking at for quarterbacks, he, he always calls third down the quarterbacks down. That That's the down where you need your quarterback to be able to make a play and continue your drive. Because most of the time that's a passing down, uh, unless it's third and very short. The Titans are ninth in the NFL in third down conversion percentage right now. Not not elite, but that's very good. That That is certainly in the acceptable range. Uh, they're getting drives extended that gets you more touches for Henry, more chances for those explosive plays, which they're now up to fourth in the NFL in explosive play rate, which I, I remember somebody last year was calling explosive plays 
a very unsustainable stat. There was also stuff about the red zone being very unsustainable. All that stuff is sustained. You know, Ryan Tannehill's play was unsustainable. All that stuff is sustained. This is the same offense pretty much that we saw last year. And frankly, the run of defenses that they faced over the last uh, five or I think six games now, they faced five top seven defenses by DVOA. The slate down the stretch, they don't face anybody higher than 16th. So this is primed for them to go absolutely bonkers down the stretch, in my opinion, on offense. And I I think you're going to see some massive, massive numbers from the Titans offense and position players and skill players. If you have guys in fantasy that you can pick up from the Titans offense, go get them because I think they're about to go nuts. Well, I was just, I keep looking at the stat sheet and I'm like, is Mike going to hit every fucking stat that I was going to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) There is some meat on the bones of this, (laughs) this Tannehill Turkey. Okay. So 10 starts last year, 11 starts this year so far. And Mike had already alluded to the sack stat. So last year in 10 games, he had 31 sacks, 15 through 11 games so far this year, 15 sacks. That's, that's half. I mean, that's almost, that's more than a 50% drop off so far. And his lowest before that was 29 when he played 13 games for Miami in 2016. So this is like Mike said, one of the, he, that stats going down. He has more yards per game than he did last year in 10 starts. Granted, it is a lower yards per attempt, but not by much. I mean, what's the difference between 9.6 to 7.8 in the grand scheme of things? And his QBR is actually higher. His QBR last year was 67.2, 76.7 this year. Now, he's only on pace to get roughly under 3,800 you know, passing yards, which would break the single-season passing record for the Tennessee Titans. But his touchdowns are also going up. He should hit 30 passing touchdowns, you know, barring something crazy. So, I mean, like I said, he's he's just good. There's just no way around it. You know, under, every quarterback can have bad games. It's limiting the amount of bad games that you actually have. And what, one bad game, two bad games, or maybe he has one or two huge glaring mistakes? We're still just, like Mike said, we're just not a passing team, and people got to get their head wrapped around that we're just not that. We are uh, a run-first team with that builds off play action. Now, this whole adapt that we need to change how our offense runs, um, I believe our friend Buck Rising said this when he was filling in with uh, Mickey Ryan, and they put out a, that uh, radio show put out a, a poll Saying that are you okay with how our how our offense is working, or do you think we need to adapt and change? There's nothing to adapt and change. We are the number three offense, right? I mean, like, what do you want? Do you, do you want us to suddenly be the Chiefs? Well, we're not the fucking Chiefs. There is there is Andy Reid doesn't is not on this coaching staff. I don't know why anybody wants this to change and why anybody wants this to. Adjust. I mean, was this not an exciting game to watch this past weekend? It was exciting, and it was a it was because of our run defense and AJ or run offense and AJ Brown. I mean, the Titans looked great. Why does anybody want this to change? No, and it's it's working. No and it's not like it's yeah. just it's not like it's just kind of working and it's serviceable. It's working to high efficiency. I mean, 
I'm sure Mike has it. What's the Titans red zone scoring efficiency percentage or whatever? I mean, it's, it's really, really fucking high. This team gets in the red zone and they are scoring. This is, you gotta have to start to remember a little bit as a Titans fans, as a Titans fan, what it was, what this team was like in the red zone and what they were like on offense for a long time. Cause they were not good on offense for a long time. So eat it up. And the things you should eat up is the fact that, and I'm going to go back to it again. You, you have an actual dominant number one wide receiver. I mean, AJ Brown is a Sequoia with arms out there running around and the man has ridiculous speed. I know I've brought it up multiple times, but that pass he catches in stride and then scores from 69 yards. Nice. That it just is absolute sick. And it's still, that's another one outside of when Derrick Henry scores. And I still sit there with my mouth open when AJ Brown catches the ball and takes off. I have to remind myself like this son of a bitch is on a team you root for. This is, you're not watching Detroit in 2007. You're watching an actual big badass wide receiver. I mean, we had 29 touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah. 29. What what more do you want? And and the Titans are, what, uh, yeah, 72, close to 73% uh, conversion percentage in the red zone, which is top five in the NFL. It it is, the offense works. It works beautifully. I wouldn't change anything about it. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work in the playoffs. Uh, We've seen what this, this offense can do in the playoffs, especially, you know, Teams get worn down. It, it's a it's a long season. It's a lot of football. It's a lot of injuries. It, you know, you've always heard the stat of nobody's hundred percent healthy once it gets to this time of year. That's what the Titans thrive on. You you start being a step late to the hole, and Derrick Henry's going to gash your ass for eighty yards. Like that is exactly what this team is built for. Because um, Derrick Henry's a cyborg, and he doesn't get tired or hurt or have anything happen to him because he's un- he's like superhuman. And and while we're here, I think we have to talk about this. I saw a take floating out there on on the Twitterverse uh, this week about. Oh, well, the, the Titans shouldn't have paid Derrick Henry, but since they paid him, they definitely shouldn't be giving him all these carries and, and you know, running him into the ground. There is no running this guy into the ground. He, ha- he got over 400 touches last year. Has he slowed down any? Does he look slowed down to you? He doesn't slow down. The guy, it's time to stop lumping Derrick Henry in with other running backs. He is one of one. He is a different type of running back he's special whatever you want to put to it this guy is different he is not don't don't sit there and say well running backs usually fall off after they get seasons with big touches yeah fine that that's probably true derrick henry's not a a running back derrick henry's a derrick henry Uh, my favorite take on to build on top of that was the 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 uh ben baldwin who's i do respect says that it doesn't there is no such thing as a as a defense getting tired as the game goes on, and Derrick Henry does not uh, technically get better because the defense is wore out. So, uh, you th- at some point, you have to move away from the computer and actually fucking watch a game because that's exactly what happens. Derrick Henry wears, in this offensive line, wears the opposing defenses down. I mean, it's just, it's, it's legit physics and just looking at a game and you see that they're gassed and tired on the other side of the field and their tackling becomes suspect as the game goes on. I mean, give me a break. I, I just, sometimes 
analytics nerds just get too far into the computer and not into seeing what happens on real life. They just see the data. They see everything as a number. Yeah. I, I like Mike's point and it may be an unfair comparison, but I'll make it anyway. Cause I don't give a shit. Um, it, it kind of reminds me that the criticism, the exactly what Mike was talking about, about are using him too much. You know, he doesn't get tired. The man's a cyborg. It reminds me of the criticism that um, Patrick Mahomes was getting early in his career. And I even heard some of it early last year, which was, uh, you know, he's a great player, he's entertaining, but, you know, his throwing mechanics and the throwing the sidearm ball and that kind of stuff, that shit's going to come back to bite him in the ass. The kid ended up winning a Super Bowl. Sometimes when a player is that good, you just need to let them be. And if their mechanics become a problem, maybe you can tweak them. But with Derrick Henry right now, the man is that good, and he doesn't seem to be getting tired. So just keep running him. That's what he wants to do, and he makes teams absolutely pay for it. Nobody takes better care of their body from the running back position, in my opinion, than Derrick Henry in the offseason. We've seen that he trains hard. We've seen that he is nonstop living, breathing football in the offseason. And it shows. I mean, it just shows when you see the training videos, it shows. I, I just get off of it. Just enjoy, enjoy it. Why? You got to at some point enjoy the wins and enjoy the players that are before you because these players aren't going to be around forever. And it is time to just enjoy these Titans wins and Titans victories instead of getting nitpicky like, oh, Derrick Henry's getting too many touches, blah, blah, blah. Here, we're going up. The Titans are going to go up against three of the worst run defensive teams, at least two of the worst in Jacksonville and Detroit. And Cleveland's not that some powerhouse run defense either. And then they have the Texans. These game, those games, he will probably have less carries but more yards because he's going to be able to break off bigger runs against these teams. So, if you're that concerned about carries, don't 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 be because it's going to be a little bit less of what he's probably seen these last few weeks, in my opinion. And that's thick and man made. Yep. Thick what and else can you say? Thick and man made. Speaking um, of thick and man made, just real quick, <laughs> and then we'll we'll leave the Colts. Oh God! Game alone. <laughs> but two weeks ago, I all I heard on midday one on a, a segment or two segments was them fawning over Grover Stewart, and then Grover Stewart gets the extension this week, heading into this game. I just love that he was a complete non-factor, completely erased from this game. Because you can hear the guys on midday fawning over this undrafted free agent and fawning over, um, whatchamacallit, um, Chris Ballard about finding this guy. And this, you know, he's just always so good at finding these undrafted free agents. So is J-Rob, guys. So is J-Rob. Let's, let's calm down on the impact needed of from undrafted free agents. Grover Stewart got erased, and it felt so good. Well, and they're getting they're getting impact from undrafted guys. Like Tier yeah. Tart made another play this week. Tier Tart has suddenly uh, he's basically defensive lineman number three right now. I mean, as far as the snap counts go, as far as impact goes, certainly it's Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, Tier Tart, and Tart was an undrafted guy, a guy that you know I know a lot of people didn't think would make the roster or even the practice squad. But gets gets on the practice squad. They work with him for a few weeks. Get it, get him in into a spot where he can contribute. And you're seeing a guy that I mean, he's got some serious, serious raw power. 
Uh, obviously, he needs to refine that a little bit. But this is a guy that could play on the defensive line for for a while. He's he certainly looked better than than most of the other uh, defensive linemen that they've been rolling out there the last few years. You know, the Austin Johnsons, the Matt Dickersons. When did you ever see those guys really flash and make a play? Tier Tarts flashed and made at least five or six plays that I can remember uh, just over the last three or four weeks. So he's a guy that's that's making making waves. And then you've got Breon Borders, who's not an undrafted player that, or not an undrafted rookie necessarily that the Titans signed, but he was a former undrafted guy. They go and, and pick him up off the you know scrap heap, and he's out here playing productive football for them. They're finding guys. I mean, I, I don't think that has been a problem for them at all with this coaching staff and with John Robinson finding guys that can come in and do a job for them, not not to be a superstar, but come in and do a job. And that they, I think they've had a lot of success with that. And also before we move on from the Colts game, I want to say David long. Oh yeah. Got to get David long more snaps. He's so much fun. Like he's so explosive out there. I know there's probably some issues with him, maybe understanding scheme or there's got to be a reason that he's not uh, getting more snaps already. And, and it probably has to do with understanding or the coaching staff trusting him to be in the right place at the right time all the time. But the guy just makes plays like get, get that guy on the field as much as he can. Um, because frankly, I'd love to see what he can do in a big role before the end of the year, because I think that informs your Jayon Brown decision, right? I mean, I love Jayon and I'd love to have him back on this team, but if you can get David Long to produce at a level that's close to what Jayon was doing and you're paying him, you know, a one 20th of the, the contract that Brown will command on the open market, that's, that's a huge win for you. So I don't know. I, I'm pretty excited by what I saw from David Long in this game. Um, would love to see more, and I think we will uh, moving forward. But, yeah, it, that run defense was salty uh, against Indy. Yeah, just because you um, are not you, – you're having trouble with special teams does not mean that you're going to have trouble at defense in your natural position. And, and speaking of special teams, Isaiah Wilson, oh, boy, that was a bad snap. That was rough. That was rough. That was rough. Just gets laid rough. and sits on his butt Indian style like he's a kindergartner about to get a story read to him. He looked like he, me trying to play guard. He looked like me trying to help someone move a fridge. At some point, you just <laughs> fall over and sit down. And you're like, I can't do this, dude. I told you. I tried to tell you before I couldn't do this, and now you've got me out here doing this. Um, so one more piece of the love fest before we move on to Cleveland. You can't complete this entire saga of sexiness without talking about Brett Kern. Because oh, yeah. it was so nice having Brett Kern back. I think he pinned them, pinned the Colts inside the 15, most of his kicks, if not all four. All four. And the man just he works angles. He just, I, you can't say anymore. He is one of those, uns, not with Titans fans, obviously, but he's one of those unspoken pieces of the team that you don't really realize how bad you need him until he's gone. So, baby. I'm glad you're home. <laughs> Don't leave again. Don't do that to me. Don't leave me here again. But and seriously, the man is a fantastic punter, and that is a much, much needed piece, being able to pin a team back and flip the field that deep. And we talked about it on the radio show, was how much of a game changer he would be in this game in particular because he would pin them back and would make them go the whole length of the field. And it, it worked. I mean, he's just he's so important to how – 
Brett Kern is so important to all three phases of the Titans game. I mean, him pinning them back that far helps the defense, helps our offense, you know, get better field position when they get the ball back. I mean, it's just, it, he's so integral to the success of this team. It's kind of scary that a punter is so good at what he does that he's that integral to the success and failures of a team. Yeah, he's okay unbelievable. With it. Yeah, he's unbelievable. he's just so fucking good at his job. That I mean, that's really the the bottom line is he's the best punter in the league. I, I think comfortably he can do it all. Like he's got the big leg, he's got the accurate leg, he's got you know everything. Um, I yeah, there, there's he's very valuable to this team, especially the way that they want to play, and especially when it comes down to this time of year when you're when situational football is at a premium, right? I mean, it, it's going to come down to some of these games. It could come down to, hey, we've got to pin this pin this team deep and make them drive the length of the field. And you know that you've got a guy back there that can do that. He's not going to make the mistake of shanking one out of bounds for 17 yards. That kind of stuff, it, it, you know, you take it for granted, but then you get it taken away. And now I think everybody realizes how valuable Brett Kern is. Um, but, yeah, he's been, he's been tremendous and um, – Continues to be the best punter in the in the league. Let's uh, let's talk about Titans Browns. Um, the doo doo men come to town on Sunday, and they are eight and three. And I think it is a fraudulent eight and three. And I would like to go into that a little bit um, before we kind of get into the particulars of what the Browns might be able to do for, against the Titans and vice versa. The Browns, they're eight and three. Like I said, is a little fraudulent. I mean. They've gotten blown out by some decent teams, barely beat the Texans, barely beat the Jags. What do you make of this squad coming in? Do they deserve to be eight and three? I mean, yes, you are what your record states. You deserve to be eight and three. You can only play the schedule in front of you, right? So, however, you are right. It is a weak eight and three. It is not a strong eight and three. And granted, looking at the rest of their schedule, they got the Titans. Then they got the Ravens, then the Giants, which the Giants is not a give me game for a team like the Browns. Well, depending on if Daniel Jones is back or not, then they get the Jets and then they end on the Steelers. There is a good chance they could still go nine. I mean, eight and eight and miss the playoffs. They could go nine and seven. I mean, this is not a, you know, an easy schedule for the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, to be honest, they're very fraudulent. I mean, they just let Mike Glennon and and no DJ Chark and no Chris Conley and Mike Glennon almost beat them. 27-25. They lost a, they won by two points to the Cle, to the Jacksonville Jaguars at their probably one of their worst. Besides Jake Luton is the only way they could have gotten a worse Jacksonville Jaguars team. Yeah, I don't even know who the Jaguars are playing on defense at this point because Josh Allen's out. I mean, it, it is a total mess uh, for them on that side of the ball, even more so than usual. Um, but, yeah, that, and that was a game. The Jaguars were leading, I believe, in the fourth quarter at one point of that game. Um, so I do agree. Cleveland is probably the biggest fraud among the eight-plus win teams. They, they beat the Colts. But besides that, 
their other seven wins, none of them have come against a team with more than four wins right now. I mean, they're beating up on basically the NFC East and the worst team in every division right now. So, yes, they deserve credit for getting the job done and winning those games. I've said it many times, like it, it, winning in the NFL is hard, even against the bad teams. But this is not a good football team. And they're, I think somehow they've still got a negative point differential uh, you know, DVOA has them around the, the middle of the pack, um, you know, overall. Yeah, they're, they're net minus 21 point differential despite being eight and three, which is got to be close to the best record for a underwater point differential that there's ever been in the NFL. I mean, this is, this is screaming regression for them um, from the standpoint of, you know, just losing more games down the stretch. But I do think they're a competent team, right? They've got very clear, defined strengths. The offensive line is really good. The running game is really good. Nick Chubb is unbelievably good. Um, yeah, I think it's a very clear top three running backs in the NFL with Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, and Dalvin Cook. You can put the, you can argue about the order you want to put those guys in, but those are the three. Um, so that that is where they excel. Baker May, Mayfield is still shaky as shit. Uh, they don't have Odell Beckham. It's really just Jarvis Landry and, you know, Rashard Higgins is okay. I, you know, there's nothing that scares you real bad about their passing attack. And defensively, it's Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon a little bit, but mostly Miles Garrett, who is going to be back for this game and is going to be a massive problem for the Titans to deal with because Questenberry's played well. But Questenberry playing well against the Colts and against the Ravens, you know, even with some pretty good pass rushers, is different than him playing well against Miles Garrett, who's probably the best pass rusher in the game right now. I think they obviously the Titans are going to help him. Um, they're going to help wherever Garrett is all game long, I'd imagine. So you've got to do that. But besides that, the Browns don't have a whole lot on defense. So are you I, trying to, are you I, trying I to play the Question game? <laughs> I'm a question game your ass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think, <clears throat> I just think the Titans are a more complete football team for sure. Uh, and, and the Browns, they're dangerous for sure. They've got, they've got ways that they could beat you, but I don't know that they match up particularly well uh, with the Titans from their standpoint, as far as trying to win this game, they're, they're, they're built to just run the football. And I think it, the Titans would probably prefer you to try to run the football uh, over and over again against them and, and, you know, wrestle with that front of Jeffrey Simmons and Daquan Jones all day. Well, let me say this. It's the Hinber boys. It's here. It's the Hinber. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's time. And the Cleveland Browns just allowed James Robinson to get, 159 all-purpose yards, 128 on the ground and 31 in the air. And it's time for Derrick Henry to start his trek to 2,000 uh, yards this season. And I think he's going to have, I'd say, about a 140-yard game. I mean, I think that Derrick Henry is going to run all over these guys They're, because that's what they want to do. The Tennessee Titans want to run with Derrick Henry to neutralize Miles Garrett and then build up play action. We see it all the time, right? I mean, we just talked about, you know, for about an hour about this stuff. So to me, it's, it's a, just a good matchup. We're, 
I think we're going to see the Titans be able to neutralize this pass rush. I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, I don't really, I know Miles Garrett's great, but this team it's, as a whole. It's just Miles Garrett. Yeah, really. it's all Miles Garrett. And no Denzel Ward, no Ronnie Harrison, more than likely. I mean, and this, that secondary is doo doo without those guys, by yeah. the way. I mean, they they are time. the doo-doo men. The doo-doo men have came <laughs> to town. And let me say this. There, this is also going to be a Ryan Tannehill game. I expect a 400 or more kind of like day for the whole offense. I think it's going to be an explosive day for this offense. And I think we're going to win like we won. Uh, like we saw the Titans win in uh, Cleveland last year, which was a ridiculous um uh, it was uh, 43 to 13 last year. I'm seeing the Tennessee Titans go 43. I, I think they're going to put up 40 points. I like oh, a 40 burger. Yeah. A 40 burger. We'll see. It's Browns uh, in town against Titans on Sunday. Um, at one point, I looked down at my phone, Browns Jags game, and I saw that Mike Glennon threw a touchdown pass to Tyler Eifert. And I thought, what year is this? <laughs> what is that combination? What is happening in this game? Yeah. So uh, we'll see, you know, the, the, the Browns are not somebody you want to look past because exactly like Zach said, you know, eight and three, you can only play the schedule you're given and you can't get to eight and three by mistake. I mean, at some point you do have to play confident football to be able to get there and they are playing confident football, but um, you know, we'll see. It's on Sunday. Um, a couple of things to hit on before we leave. Uh, I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Houston Texans and managing to get two players suspended for PED use within hours of each other. Uh, Will Fuller and Bradley Roby, both on six game suspensions for PED use, put out almost identical statements saying that they took a supplement or something that they didn't know was tainted give me a fucking break. But at the same time I tweeted out, are the Texans passing around a squirt bottle of HGH in the locker room? What are we doing here? Could they not have waited till after the Colts game? I mean, for real, (laughs) I know, right. I mean, that is the one bad. yes, I enjoyed, you know, seeing Will Fuller who is having one of his best seasons ever because he stayed healthy, obviously because of the drugs he's on. And then I, I enjoy seeing him gone, <laughs> but could it not have waited till after the Colts game? Like just for real NFL, just for once, could we have seen the Texans beat the Colts and just put them to bed as far as AFC South division champions? No, it'll never, never go that way. I us. think Will Fuller was, he was, he was actually just drinking super glue to hold all of his bones together. Yeah. Um, so that's, Unfortunately, that's, he got that's busted how with works. It goes into your bones. That's right. You know, try it at home, kids. Uh, just kidding. Do not try that at home. That's not a medical recommendation from the football and other efforts podcast. Um, but the uh, yeah, the, the timing is definitely unfortunate because the Titans. We if we want to talk a bit about the uh, the playoff scenario here, there's a scenario where they could clinch in in. 12 days basically because they if they got the Texans to help them out uh, by beating the Colts the Titans take care of the Browns and Jags and then if the Raiders knock off the Colts uh, in uh, two weeks that would be it the 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 AFC South would be done so 
this Houston game is really important because it is a division game that would put the Jag or that would put the Colts in a huge hole uh, with regards to the division tiebreaker and everything. So that, that's an important game for the Titans this week. Uh, and it would be really nice if the Texans kind of continued their hot streak and helped help Tennessee out uh, a little bit. But based on everything we know about uh, the Texans, that means that's the exact opposite of what they'll do. They'll, they'll crater uh, and lose this game badly. But either way, uh, it is funny because Brian Cushing is their assistant strength and conditioning coach in uh, Houston and uh, captain overtraining, uh, conducting a, uh, <laughs> a team that is um, – struggling with PED use all of a sudden is very interesting. Yeah. And this is a man that claimed that he failed a drug test one time because he worked out too hard and got his testosterone levels <laughs> too high in his body. I mean, come on, bro. We know you're going home yeah. and just bashing your face into marble walls. We know exactly what kind of meathead you are. I, I know you probably got that locker room spraying with a mister of deer antler spray. Like let's just let's call it a spade a spade. It's a little disappointing to see because I was hoping they were going to be able to get after the Colts and maybe they'll find a way. But I mean, at this point, who is Deshaun Watson throwing to? He's going to throw it straight in the air and have to run down the field and try to complete the pass himself. <laughs> pretty pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So thank you for nothing, Texans. This is why we don't like you. It's why no one likes you. Um, so that's going to do it for us, gentlemen. Really appreciate everyone tuning in. Obviously, the Titans have a big game on Sunday against the doo-doo people. They will be in town noon at, I almost said to Delphia Coliseum, don't even ask me why. My brain decided to go before LP, right all the way back to Delphia. So, Delphia Coliseum on, or Sunday at noon. Uh, spin football, another F words. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, we are brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Go check us out. Grab yourself a premium membership if you have not. And for our podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate your support. As always, for Michael Herndon, Zach Lyons, and myself, Michael Gillum, we are out. A Broadway Sports Media Production.